It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Join Bloomberg in San Francisco or virtually on May 7th for The Future Investor, Data-Powered Transformations. This 2024 event series will examine how data is not only playing a pivotal role in investment decisions, but serves as a driving force behind the construction of innovative, investable enterprises. This series is proudly sponsored by Invesco QQQ. Register at BloombergLive.com slash futureinvestor slash radio. from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak for Wednesday, February 2nd, 2022. Coming up this hour. NASDAQ futures rally on the heels of earnings from Alphabet. The Google parent surges after announcing a 20-for-1 stock split. Fed signals also help sentiment as officials hint of a measured pace for rate hikes. And oil trades near a seven-year high ahead of today's OPEC meeting. Funeral services are today for the second NYPD officer killed in an ambush in Harlem. Plus, Russian President Putin speaks out about Ukraine. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stanshower in sports. Tom Brady officially retired a blockbuster NFL lawsuit. The Nets lost. The Rangers won. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak on Bloomberg 1130 New York, Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 1061 Boston, Bloomberg 960 San Francisco, Sirius XM 119, and around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. Good morning. I'm Karen Moscow. I'm Nathan Hager. Bloomberg Daybreak brought to you by SEI. Challenges highlight one's character, partnership, and resilience. At SEI, they act as one community with their clients. Go to SEIC.com slash banks. And U.S. futures are gaining this morning. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. Right now, S&P futures are up 37 points. Dow futures up 49. NASDAQ futures up 241. The 10-year Treasury little change yield 1.78%. The yield on the two-year is at 1.16%. The euro 1.13 against the dollar. Nathan. Well, Karen, the boost in NASDAQ futures comes in part thanks to corporate earnings. Let's begin with Alphabet. The shares are up more than 10%. The Google parent beat profit and sales estimates and announced a stock split. Ed Ludlow joins us with the details from our Bloomberg 960 newsroom in San Francisco. It was a beat on the top and bottom line for Alphabet, the parent company of Google. And all signs really point to a resilient advertising business. But really, it was news of a stock split that drove activity in after hours for Alphabet. The company is doing a 20-for-1 stock split in the form of a one-time special stock dividend. And as part of that split, Google's parent is going to give one-tenth of a cent for each share of the company's Class A, Class B, and Class C stock. And Ruth Porat, who is Alphabet CFO, told Bloomberg that the rationale here is to widen the net and make the stock more accessible to investors. Ed Ludlow, Bloomberg News, San Francisco. Ed, thank you. Adding to the bullish sentiment this morning is AMD. Shares of the chipmaker are up almost 11%. The company had a surprisingly strong sales forecast, suggesting it's making further gains on rival Intel. We're also watching shares of General Motors, Karen. They're up less than 1%. GM earnings topped estimates, while its outlook for 2022 remained unchanged. We get more from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. GM is seeing signs of an easing in the semiconductor shortage that curbed vehicle output and dented its market share 
higher last year, but it's cautioning sales and profit for 2022 may be little changed. GM was hit among the hardest in the fourth quarter when a 43% drop in domestic sales forced the company to relinquish its crown as top U.S. automaker for the first time since 1931. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Charlie, thank you. We'll have more on GM later this morning on Bloomberg Surveillance. We'll be speaking live with the CEO, Mary Barra. That's coming up at 9 a.m. Wall Street time on both Bloomberg Radio and Television. Nathan, earnings continue to roll in today with nearly three dozen companies reporting and heading the list is Facebook owner Meta Platforms. We get a preview from Bloomberg's Tom Busby. In its first earnings report, under its new corporate name, Facebook's owner Meta Platforms is expected to report a burst in digital advertising revenue last quarter and solid holiday sales of its Oculus VR headset. Bloomberg analysts forecast total revenue of $33.43 billion, a 19% jump from a year ago, with nearly all of that from advertising. Look for earnings per share of $3.94. And on the earnings call, expect the company to be pressed to better explain the metaverse, the virtual reality platform it's basing its future on Tom Busby, Bloomberg Daybreak. Okay, Tom, thanks. Turning from earnings now, markets are also getting a boost from the Fed. Central bank officials are laying out a measured approach to the path for rate hikes this year. We get that story live from Bloomberg's Renita Young. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, Nathan. The measured calls from Fed leaders are different from Wall Street forecasts, which include as many as seven rate hikes this year. Some even predict a 50 basis point hike next month. So far, none of the Fed officials speaking this week have backed the idea of such an increase in March. The most hawkish of them all, St. Louis Fed President James Bullard, says five hikes is, quote, not too bad a bet. Kansas City Fed Chief Esther George is another hawk, and she says ideally the Fed prefers to go gradually. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. Renita, thank you. Fed officials will be paying close attention to this week's economic data. This morning, we get the first of three reports on the labor market. We could see a dramatic slowdown in business hiring when ADP issues January payroll data. Economists surveyed by Bloomberg anticipate a gain of less than 200,000. And Bloomberg's Vinnie Dal Judice reports. Bloomberg Economics says January's ADP data will point to a slowdown in hiring, reflecting the impact of COVID-19 Omicron infections on businesses. February could usher in a recovery. In December, ADP reported businesses added more than 800,000 workers the most since May, though official government figures were less robust. Vinny Dalchid, Ice Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Vinny, thanks. The big labor report comes on Friday with government payrolls data for January. The Biden administration's lowering expectations on that as well. The White House says fallout from Omicron could overstate the number of unemployed people. Jared Bernstein is a member of the White House Council of Economic Advisors. If you're not on the payroll, meaning you're sick or you're absent, so you're on some sort of unpaid leave, you're not going to be counted on the payroll for the payroll survey. And the fact is, Um, virtually all of those folks likely still have their jobs. So when they go back in February, they'll be counted again. Jared Bernstein with the Council of Economic Advisors spoke with our Washington correspondent Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Sound On. You can catch the program weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on Bloomberg Radio. Well, Nathan, oil also in focus this morning. It's trading near a seven-year high ahead of an OPEC Plus meeting. OPEC and its allies are expected to approve another modest oil output increase today. At the same time, they could struggle to actually deliver that cut. Checking prices now, NYMEX crude oil is down about a tenth of a percent. It's down nine cents at $88.11 a barrel. Brent is at $88.99. Well, stock futures are moving higher, Karen, led by the NASDAQ. NASDAQ futures up 242 points or one6 
6%. S&P futures are up 36 points. Dow futures up 42. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines and a check of sports. This is Bloomberg. It's now 5.07 on Wall Street. We're 34 degrees in Central Park, dealing with a water main break in Seatbright. It's a northbound route 336 by Atlantic Way. Details coming up with traffic. First, Michael Barr is here with more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. A sea of blue is expected again today in New York City at the funeral for Officer Wilbert Mora, the second of two NYPD officers killed in the line of duty last month. A wake for Mora, who was 27, was held yesterday. He was killed during a domestic disturbance call in Harlem along with his partner, Jason Rivera. Mora's funeral will be held at St. Patrick's Cathedral this morning in midtown Manhattan, followed by a burial in Woodside, Queens. This, as an off-duty NYPD officer, was shot in Queens last night He's expected to survive. NYPD Commissioner Keechan Sewell talked about the latest shooting. This young man was on his way to work, on his way to protect New Yorkers from criminals. Commissioner Sewell was alongside Mayor Eric Adams speaking to reporters. These officers every day put on their uniform, pin their shield on their chest, put their bulletproof vest on, and go back in the streets. With all of that frustration, they still go back and do their job. Now it's time for lawmakers to do their job. Mayor Adams is getting ready to host President Biden tomorrow for a discussion about gun violence. Russian President Vladimir Putin accused America and the West of ignoring Moscow's security concerns in the Ukraine controversy. Secretary of State Blinken, speaking with Russian Foreign Minister Lavrov, says it was time for Russia to start withdrawing its troops from the border. No breakthrough, but the two agreed to talk again. White House spokesperson Jen Psaki. The door to diplomacy remains open. Uh, We don't know uh, what decision President Putin will make. Spokesperson Jen Psaki. A Democratic senator has suffered a stroke. His doctors say U.S. Senator Ben Lujan, who is 49, is expected to fully recover from a stroke and surgery to reduce swelling. However, with a 50-50 Senate, it has put a number of Democratic lead votes on hold for now. A major winter storm is expected to affect a huge swath of the U.S. with heavy snow starting in the Rockies and freezing rain as far south as Texas before it drops snow and ice on the Midwest. Speaking of which, it is Groundhog Day. Uh-huh. People in Pennsylvania are waiting to learn whether Punxsutawney Phil, that rodent, will predict <laughs> an early spring or six more weeks of winter. Global News, 24 hours a day on air. I'm going for the winter. And on yeah. Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts, more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg, Nathan. Safe bet after all we've seen this winter. <laughs> Thanks, Michael. We're coming up to 510 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update with John Stashauer. Thanks, Nathan. The greatest player ever retires, and it may not have been the biggest NFL story of the day. Tom Brady made his retirement official in a lengthy post on social media that curiously never mentioned the Patriots, but you can expect Brady's number 12 to be retired at a Pats game next season. Tampa Bay now needs a quarterback. Meanwhile, a lawsuit filed in Manhattan Federal Court by Brian Flores, recently fired as the head coach of the Dolphins, accusing the NFL and three teams, Miami, Denver, and the Giants, of racism in their hiring practices. Flores said in 2019 in Denver, and just recently with the Giants, he was interviewed for a head coaching job that he had no chance of getting, and he offered as proof a text he got last week from Bill Belichick, who apparently meant it to go to Brian Dable. He congratulated him on getting the Giants' job. It was before Flores 
even had his interview. Perhaps most shockingly, Flores said Dolphins owner Stephen Ross offered to pay him more money if his team lost so they could get a better draft pick. Nets in Phoenix. Suns have won 40 of their last 46. They beat Brooklyn 121-111. Devin Booker, 35 points. Rangers at the Garden beat Florida 5-2. Two more goals, both on the power play for Chris Kreider. Now 33 goals on the year, more than half of those with the man advantage. Islanders back to 500, 4-1 over Ottawa. Devils, six straight loss, beaten by Toronto 7-1. St. John's lost to Big East, leading Providence 86-82. Posh Alexander, 29 points for the Red Storm. Seton Hall won at Georgetown. Rutgers came from 24 down to force overtime, but lost by a point at Northwestern. John Stash Edward, Bloomberg Sports, Nathan. All right, John, thanks. Futures moving higher. S&P futures up 34 points. So are Dow futures. NASDAQ futures higher by 236 points. Ten-year Treasury yield 1.78%. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130 weather, a mix of sun and clouds today with a high near 45 degrees. Afternoon rain tomorrow, mid-40s. That rain will end as wet sleet or snow Friday with highs near 35, currently 34 degrees. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow, and global stocks are headed for the biggest four-day rally since November of 2020. U.S. stock index futures are jumping as economy, as companies from the U.S. to Europe report better than forecast earnings and dip buying continues in technology shares. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. And right now, S&P futures are up 37 points. Dow futures up 50. NASDAQ futures up 235. That's up 1.6%. The DAX in Germany is up half percent. 10-year Treasury up 2.30 seconds, yield 1.78%. They yield on the two-year 1.16%. NYMEX crude oil is up a quarter percent or 20 cents at $88.41 a barrel. COMEX gold up a tenth of a percent or $2.50 at 18.04.20 an ounce. The euro 1.1297 against the dollar. British pound 1.3542. The yen's at 114.36. And Bitcoin this morning moving lower at $38,460. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael, good morning. Good morning, Karen. U.S. hospital admissions for COVID-19 are receding in 34 states and the nation's capital, easing the health care staffing crisis that were widespread at the start of the year. The World Health Organization warned countries, though, not to ease restrictions prematurely. Former Miami Dolphins coach Brian Flores is suing the NFL and three teams, including the Giants, claiming, quote, the NFL is racially segregated and is managed much like a plantation. The Dolphins fired Flores last month after back-to-back winning seasons. The lawsuit even accuses Dolphins owner Stephen Ross of offering to pay Flores $100,000 for every loss during the 2019 season to secure a higher draft pick. In the NBA, the Nets and Wizards lost. The Warriors won. NHL action. The Rangers, Islanders, and Bruins won. The Capitals won in OT against the Penguins 4-3. The Devils lost. Global News 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg Naked. All right, Michael. Thank you. We're coming up to 520 on Wall Street Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. And Michael Hewson joins us now, Chief Market Analyst. 
analyst at CMC Markets with a definite risk on field, Michael, particularly if you're a tech investor. I guess it doesn't hurt when uh, the Google parent Alphabet comes in with really solid earnings. But can this kind of momentum continue on the tech side? Um, well, I think I think that's a question that a lot of people are currently asking. We've seen a fairly decent rebound over the course of the past three or four days, but I think the wider question is whether or not markets have adequately priced in Fed rate rise expectations. And ultimately, I think one of the reasons why we've seen the rebound in tech is because those um, Fed members pushed back quite significantly on um, the expectation of a 0.5%. Um, hike in rates in March. Um, and I also think market expectations around the number of rate rises this year have become much more realistic. You know, I've heard an awful lot of chatter about five, six or seven rate rises this year. And I think a large part of the reason we saw the sell-off at the back end of January was because of concern about that. Now that we're out of the quiet period and uh, Fed policymakers are an awful lot more vocal, there's been pushed back on that. Now, of course, that could all change next week with the mm-hmm. US CPI number. But for the time being, I think if 10-year yields remain below 1.8% and two-year yields remain below one2 then I certainly think this rally has got legs. Yeah, so the uh, CPI number is probably, I, I, from what I hear from you, the, uh, the bigger focus as opposed to the uh, jobs report coming out on Friday. Yeah, I mean, Patrick Harker pushed back on that yesterday. We're expecting a pretty poor report. And ultimately, I think January, I think a couple of years ago, was also a disappointing number as well. Um, in the, um, in the, uh, when we had similar problems with respect to a previous variant. So, um, we're coming out of the pandemic. Ultimately, I think the Fed thinks that we are at maximum employment. I think a poor jobs report is priced in. It's much more about inflation. And certainly I think that is the clear and present concern for investors at the moment. I mean, around about 10 minutes ago, we saw a new CPI come out, a new record high of 5.1%. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that, uh, whether the ECB can maintain its slower uh, rate hike path with that kind of record hot inflation coming in in the Eurozone. I think what gives them a little bit of a get-out-of-jail-free card on that on that score, Nathan, is the fact that core prices fell back from 26 to 2.3% in January. But it is a worry. I mean, you can't credibly argue that the Fed is behind the curve on inflation, while at the same time argue that the ECB isn't. I mean, yes, there are differences between the economies, but ultimately I think if the ECB is lagging behind the Fed, which most people acknowledge that it is, then we're likely to see much more persistent inflation going forward. So I think Madame Lagarde is going to find it very, very difficult to hold the line on the transitory narrative when you've got inflation in the Baltic states of around about 10 or 12% CPI um, offsetting against the weaker numbers that you're seeing um, in Italy and Spain, which still is well above the um, headline you know, 2% target. So in our last minute here, Michael, which sectors are you looking at to uh, perform well in this kind of uh, elevated inflationary environment? Well, at the moment, we've got a rising tide and it appears to be lifting all boats. What I've seen so far is obviously the energy sector. I mean, that's a no-brainer. ExxonMobil's numbers yesterday were, were, I think, a real standout. And I think I'll be paying particular attention over the course of the next couple of weeks to um, BP and Shell's numbers over here because they have been very disappointing and those shares have lagged. 
Um, obviously, telecoms as well. There's an awful lot of M&A there. Vodafone this morning um, was slightly better than expected. So certainly be looking for M&A activity in that particular sector as well here in Europe. All right. Interesting, as always, to get your insights. Thanks for this, Michael. Michael Hewson is Chief Market Analyst at CMC Markets. As tech really is the focus this morning after the earnings we saw last night from Google Parent Alphabet NASDAQ Futures are uh, surging this morning up 1.5% or 227 points, leading the gains. Solid gains for the S&P futures as well. They're up 36 points or 8 tenths of 1%. Dow futures also in the green up 51 points. That's a gain of about 1 to 2 tenths of 1%. The 10-year Treasury is up one thirty second, yield 1.78% on the 10-year note, and the yield on the 2-year right now 1.16%. The DAX in Germany, CAC in Paris, both up a half percent after that uh, record 5.1% inflation print out of the Eurozone. Stay with us for more. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg Daybreak is brought to you by The Breakers. This winter, a warm welcome awaits you. The Breakers is committed to making your stay even better with exceptional experiences, gracious service, and unparalleled seaside glamour. To learn more, visit thebreakers.com today. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 991. To Boston. Bloomberg 1061. To San Francisco. Bloomberg 960. To the country. Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe. The Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. It's 5.30 on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. We are just about four hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Let's get you up to date on the news you need to know at this hour. NASDAQ futures higher this morning, building on three straight days of gains. The catalyst this morning, strong earnings from Alphabet. Angelo Zeno is an analyst at CFRA. You know, kind of going into the quarter, I think there might have been some concerns about some of the supply constraints going on in the market and potentially hindering some of the, the ad spend out there. But kind of look at the surge business, and I think that's really kind of the big winner here, up 36% and really kind of blew our numbers away. CFRA analyst Angelo Zeno says a stock split is also lifting Alphabet shares. The company will increase its outstanding shares by a 20-to-1 ratio. Another high-tech company's rallying this morning, Karen. Shares of AMD are up 11.5%. The chipmaker gave a surprisingly strong sales forecast, suggesting it's making further gains on rival Intel. Facebook reports this afternoon. General Motors up nearly 1% in the pre-market, Nathan. The company's earnings beat estimates while its forecast was in line with predictions. GM sees a semiconductor shortage easing this year but says lower volume and higher costs will restrain profit. Well, outside of corporate earnings, a measured tone from the Fed is also boosting stocks. We get that story live from Bloomberg's Renita Young. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, Nathan. Central bank officials are laying out a gradual approach to the path for rate hikes this year. That differs from some Wall Street forecasts, which include as many as seven rate hikes this year and even a 50 basis point hike next month. So far, none of the Fed officials speaking this week have backed the idea of such an increase in March. The most hawkish of them all, St. Louis Fed President James Bullard says five hikes is, quote, not too bad a bet. Kansas City Fed Chief Esther George is another hawk, and she says ideally the Fed prefers to go gradually. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. 
Anita, thank you. Oil trading near a seven-year high ahead of an OPEC Plus meeting. OPEC and its allies are expected to approve another modest oil output increase today. At the same time, they'll have to struggle to deliver. And checking oil right now, Dimex crude oil is up a quarter percent, or 22 cents, at $88.42 a barrel. Brent is up a tenth of a percent at $89.27. And again, futures are on the rise. S&P futures up 37 points. Dow futures up 54. NASDAQ futures jumping up 237 points. That's up 1.6%. Ten-year Treasury, little change, yield 1.78%. And the yield on the two-year, 1.17%. And the euro, 1.1305 against the dollar. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines, plus a check of sports. And this is Bloomberg. Thanks, Karen. 533 on Wall Street, 35 degrees in Central Park. They've cleared the crash on westbound LIE at Maurice Avenue. Details coming up in traffic. First, Michael Barr with what else is going on in New York and around the world. Michael. Thank you very much, Nathan. Funeral services will take place today for NYPD officer Wilbert Mora. The 27-year-old was killed in the line of duty last month along with his partner, Jason Rivera. Mora will be buried in Queens after services in St. Patrick's Cathedral in Manhattan. This, as an off-duty NYPD officer, was shot in Queens last night. He's expected to survive. Tomorrow, Mayor Eric Adams will host President Biden for a discussion about gun violence. We're going to lay out clear items we need on the federal level, just as we did with state lawmakers. Everyone must be on the same team. Adams will also be joined by New York Governor Kathy Hochul and other elected officials. Russian President Vladimir Putin is breaking his silence on the U.S. military support for Ukraine. Putin accused the U.S. and the West of ignoring Moscow's security concerns. White House spokesperson Jen Psaki. We don't know what President Putin is going to do. Uh, and it is our responsibility to... Um, And it's an imperative to uh, keep the door to diplomacy open. White House spokesperson Jen Psaki. Pfizer is asking U.S. regulators to authorize extra low doses of its COVID-19 vaccine for children under five. The move could open the way for the very youngest Americans to start receiving shots by early March. The FBI is warning of cyber attacks aimed at disrupting the Beijing Olympics. Bloomberg's Ed Baxter reports. The FBI warning says the targets will be entities associated with the Olympics and that they could have activities disrupted by a broad range of cyber movements. It warns of ransomware, malware, social engineering, data theft, phishing campaigns, and disinformation campaigns. The FBI is also sending a follow-up reminder to those traveling that they could be the targets of mobile phone attacks as well. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg Nathan. Thanks, Michael. 535 on Wall Street. John Stashar's got the Bloomberg Sports Update. All right, Nathan. It was in 2014 that the Patriots, sensing that Tom Brady, then 37, was nearing the end of his brilliant career, Drafted a quarterback to replace him, Jimmy Garoppolo. Brady said back then, when he stinks, he'll retire. He's now 44. He is retiring, but he never did stink. In fact, Brady's final season with Tampa Bay was one of his best. Over 5,300 passing yards, 
43 touchdowns. It's going to be very hard for anyone to break Brady's records. He's got 174 more touchdown passes than any active QB. Garoppolo never did replace Brady in New England. Maybe he'll do it now with Tampa Bay as the 49ers expected to trade Garoppolo. Stunning allegations made by Brian Flores in the lawsuit he filed in Manhattan Federal Court accusing the NFL and three teams of racism in their hiring practices. Not only that the Broncos in 2019 and the Giants recently interviewed him for a head coaching job they knew they were not going to offer to him, but that in Flores' first season as head coach in Miami, owner Stephen Ross offered him $100,000 for each loss. He says Ross wanted to lose so they'd get a better draft pick. Nets lost in Phoenix, 121-111. Devin Booker scored 35. The Suns are an NBA best, 41-9. Rangers at the Garden beat Florida 5-2. Two more power play goals for Chris Kreider, Artemi Panera, and a goal to assist. Islanders beat Ottawa 4-1. Devils lost to Toronto 7-1. St. John's nearly pulled off an upset, fell short to Big East, leading Providence 86-82. Seton Hall beat Georgetown. Rutgers lost in overtime at Northwestern. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? Thanks, John. 537 on Wall Street. Time for the Tri-State Business Report. Here's Bloomberg's Ed Corey. New York City's home to the most well-funded crypto startups in the U.S. Last year, the city attracted $6.5 billion, 46% of funding to blockchain or crypto-centric companies, according to CB Insights. New York Digital Investment Group and Celsius Network led the pack of New York firms. New York City's property tax system was built to favor single-family homeowners over renters or commercial buildings. Hundreds of residents last year asked the city to change the law as spiraling prices forced some longtime city dwellers into debt and others to consider leaving. Mayor Eric Adams has vowed to prioritize the issue. More than 300,000 New Jersey residents have signed up for health insurance online at getcoverednj.gov. More consumers signed up for marketplace coverage than during any prior open enrollment period since passage of the Affordable Care Act. That's your Bloomberg Tri-State Business Report. I'm Ed Corey. 538 on Wall Street. Time now to check in with our global news team on some of the top stories heard on our 300 affiliate radio stations around the world. I'm Steve Potisk, and on 1010 Wins in New York, we're talking about big bonuses, bringing back the good old days on Wall Street. I'm Courtney Donahoe on WoWo in Fort Wayne. General Motors says the chip shortage will start to diminish in the second half of the year. I'm Caroline Hetfield, Bloomberg DAB Digital Radio in London. We're reporting on a £2 million award for a female BNP Paribas employee at a London employment tribunal and an unprecedented order telling the bank to conduct a gender pay audit. I'm Ed Corey on WWJ in Detroit. I'm reporting General Motors sees signs of an easing in the computer chip shortage. Those are some of the stories our 2700 Bloomberg journalists and analysts are working on this morning around the world. It's 539 on Wall Street. The following is an editorial from Bloomberg Opinion. This editorial was written by the Bloomberg Editorial Board. Since the early days of the pandemic, the U.S. government has suspended payment requirements for federal student loans. During the Omicron wave, President Joe Biden once again extended the pause, the fifth such delay in less than two years. He should make it the last. Pausing student loan payments made sense at the height of the pandemic when much of the U.S. economy had shut down. There's less justification now. 
Some Biden allies are pushing the White House to extend the pause again or to cancel student loan debt altogether before payments are set to resume in May. Biden should refuse. Doing so may disappoint progressives, but it would promote fairness, cut the government's losses, and reduce uncertainty for borrowers themselves. This editorial was written by the Bloomberg Editorial Board. For more Bloomberg Opinion, please go to Bloomberg.com slash opinion or O-P-I-N-Go on the Bloomberg Terminal. This has been Bloomberg Opinion. Listen for Bloomberg Opinion editorials every weekday at this time. Terminal customers can read more at O-P-I-N-Go. S&P futures right now up 37 points. Dow futures up 69. NASDAQ futures higher by 228 points, a gain of 1.5% on the heels of Google earnings, shares of Alphabet up almost 11%. We'll talk tech next with Angelo Zeno of CFRA. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130 weather clouds, some sun at times with mid-40s for an afternoon high. Afternoon rain tomorrow, high near 45 degrees. That rain could end as wet snow or sleet on Friday with a high near 35 degrees. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. Global stocks heading for the biggest four-day rally since November 2020. And U.S. stock index futures are jumping as companies from the U.S. to Europe report better than forecast earnings. And dip buying continues in technology shares. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. Right now, S&P futures are up 33 points. Dow futures up 52. NASDAQ futures are up 211 or 1.4 percent. The DAX in Germany is up half percent. The 10-year Treasury down 230 seconds, yield 1.79%. Yield on the two-year, 1.17%. Nymex crude oil up four-tenths percent, or 34 cents, at $88.54 a barrel. Comex gold up a tenth of a percent of $1.70 at 1803.20 an ounce. The euro, 1.1310 against the dollar. British pound, 1.3548. The yen is at 114.41. And Bitcoin this morning moving lower at $38,550. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Here in, in Virginia, students and staff at Bridgewater College are in mourning after two security officers were shot to death. The suspect is in custody. Fired Miami Dolphins coach Brian Flores has sued the NFL and three teams, including the Giants, alleging racist hiring practices by the league. The Washington football team will announce its new name and logo today. NBA, the Nets and Wizards lost. The Warriors won. NHL, the Rangers, Islanders, and Bruins won. The Capitals won in OT. The Devils lost. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air, and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg, Nathan. Thanks, Michael. It's 548 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak with tech earnings in focus this morning as we see the surge in NASDAQ futures. We are continuing to keep our eyes on Alphabet shares, the uh, parent Google of the parent company of Google is up more than 10% on sales and profits, the top estimates, even in the face of Omicron. Let's get more on the tech story. Angelo Zeno is with us, Senior Industry Analyst at CFRA. Angelo, a 33% jump in ad sales is uh, nothing to shake a stick at. 
Yeah, no, uh, absolutely. I mean, listen, the, the search business growing up, I think about 36% here, um, as well as, you know, great results across other segments as well. Uh, you you, you got to kind of be, be pretty happy with where, um, you know, the digital ad growth is coming from here. I think, you know, the company likely somewhat of a beneficiary from um, Apple's recent privacy changes here. But, you know, all said, um, you know, increased budgets here from within the enterprise space as kind of the economy reopens. Um, this company is just kind of um, firing on all cylinders, to, to be honest with you. Can it continue to fire on all cylinders? Is it being a beneficiary as well of the continued COVID pandemic and a lot of uh, Internet users still spending more time online simply because uh, they have more of that time? Well, you know, I, I think it's interesting in the sense that, you know, this is a company that's going to benefit from, you know, whether we're seeing a, a prolonged pandemic or if this economy reopens. And again, you know, we kind of see increased travel spend and what have you. And at the end of the day, what happens is, um, you know, we're just seeing more and more advertisers just continue to shift their spend online. And that's not a trend that's going to stop. If anything, it's accelerated here during the pandemic. And while we expect some deceleration of growth here in 2022 and 2023, let's call it mid-teens growth, um, you know, the, the, the secular drivers remain intact. Um, and, the, the, again, the digital ad spend um, will increasingly come um, towards, uh, towards Alphabet. Obviously, a lot of attention as well on the announcement of a 20-to-1 stock split. What's Alphabet doing with that? Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I think there are a lot of investors that kind of get hyped up when you kind of see an announcement like that. I mean, us being a fundamental analyst, um, listen, it, it doesn't really have an impact on kind of how we look at the stock or our recommendation on the name. But that being said, listen, when we kind of look at some of the moves in the past from some of these big tech names, whether it be an Apple or, or a Tesla or even an NVIDIA last year, um, there's clearly some um, – it, it drives increasing interest, let's call it, from a lot of retail investors out there and could help you know, drive further momentum here in the shares over the next couple of months. And thinking about the momentum for ad sales online, that brings us to Facebook earnings, Meta Platforms reporting after the bell this afternoon. Does that bode well for Mark Zuckerberg's company? Well, in the sense that, um, you know, it, it appears as if kind of more advertisers are opening up their wallets, I think that clearly does uh, bode well for a Meta as well as some of the other social media names that have been hit hard here over the last couple of months. However, what we didn't find out from um, Apple's results that could have more of an impact on on uh, Meta is the fact that, hey, some of these um, or you know, the, the Apple um, privacy changes could have more of an impact or like and definitely will have more of an impact on a name like Meta as well as Snap. So uh, I think that's something that investors are clearly going to keep their eyes on and why we haven't seen as much of a, a move on uh, Meta here in terms of the stock price ahead of their results. Just 30 seconds left here, Angelo, but what are you expecting to hear about the Metaverse? Yeah, I mean, listen, this is going to be the first quarter where they, they kind of uh, provide more details across both their business lines in, in terms of separating the, the ad uh, with their Facebook Reality Lab segment. Uh, at the end of the day, I don't expect you'll see much. Uh, it's still a small part of the business. 
but I, I think it, it, they'll they'll definitely kind of hype it up uh, significantly and kind of talk about kind of the hardware opportunities at least over the next 12 to 18 months. And we do think the holiday selling season was extremely good for Oculus, probably better than what uh, most in the street are looking at. The tech focus continues. Thanks for this, Angelo. Angelo Zeno, Senior uh, Equity Industry Analyst at CFRA. And uh, Google shares again, Karen, the uh, Alphabet, the parent company there, up 10%. And Facebook up uh, more than 3% ahead of earnings. All right, Nathan, thank you. It is 5.53 on Wall Street. It is time for the Bloomberg Law Report, brought to you by American Arbitration Association. Business disputes are inevitable. Resolve faster with the American Arbitration Association, the global leader in alternative dispute resolution for over 90 years. More at ADR.org. Let's get to the legal stories we're watching this morning from Bloomberg's Jeff Bellinger. The IRS is reminding taxpayers to be sure they have all necessary documents before filing their returns. Filing too soon could lead to processing delays. Tyson Foods wants a federal appeals court to reconsider its ruling against the company, which is accused of not adequately protecting workers from COVID-19. The Equal Employment Opportunity Commission has been without a Senate-confirmed top lawyer since March of last year. The agency says the vacancy hinders its ability to pursue certain legal strategies. Bloomberg Law. Everything you need, all on one legal research platform, including guidance, analysis and Bloomberg market intelligence. Find out more at BloombergLaw.com. Thanks, Jeff. Now another legal story we're watching brings us to patent law. Today, the Washington football team will officially announce its new name. The renaming process has taken nearly two years and has been shrouded in secrecy. For more on the implications, June Grasso speaks to Bloomberg patents reporter Susan Decker. So what are some of the extreme measures that sports franchises resort to in order to keep a name secret before an announcement like this? They're going to file their trademark application in another country. They're going to file in Trinidad and Tobago and Mauritius, like these island nations that don't have a whole lot of Internet access and and don't have a lot of public access and have policies that don't allow them to be public. This way you get the protection because the trademark application is good from the date of the first application, but you don't actually file the application in a country that has public access like the U.S., for six months. You have that six months lead time so that you can get everything together. You have the protection, but you can get all of your splashy marketing stuff all together and then announce it. And when you announce it, you're still protected and that you're not going to have to worry about someone running to the trademark office to file an application on the name that you've chosen. And the Cleveland Major League Baseball Club filed in Mauritius? They filed in Mauritius, yes. And they filed into their own name under the Cleveland Indians name, which was their former team. In some companies like Apple, what they do is they'll set up a shell company and they'll set up a company that has some innocuous name like IP management. In Apple's case for the iPad, they filed it under this innocuous sounding name in this remote trademark (laughs) office in Trinidad Tobacco. And then when they were ready to announce the product, they filed their application in the U.S., and then they quickly had that company subsumed into the Apple brand and the Apple company so that there was no concern about ownership rights. So it's been almost two years since the Washington football team announced that they decided to change their name. Why is it taking so long to come up with a new name? And there aren't that many instances where you have a large, nationally known sports franchise switching their names. And it's not just the name of the team. 
you need to get the trademark on all the merchandise, on the video rights, on the TV rights. You need to get the websites. You need to get the social media accounts. And you need to make sure that you can get the same name for all of these things. And in trademarks in particular, the trademark is only for a specific type of good. So when you have the Washington football team or any football team, you have to have that name that can be used for cups and hats and clothing and software. And you see that they just had a minefield that they had to go through. And that's Bloomberg Patents reporter Susan Decker speaking with June Grasso. Catch more of that interview plus analysis of the latest legal news by listening to the Bloomberg Law Show at 10 p.m. Eastern Time or subscribing to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. And attorneys can find exceptional legal research and business development tools at BloombergLaw.com. And this is Bloomberg. Join Bloomberg in San Francisco or virtually on May 7th for the Future Investor, Data-Powered Transformations. This 2024 event series will examine how data is not only playing a pivotal role in investment decisions, but serves as a driving force behind the construction of innovative, investable enterprises. This series is proudly sponsored by Invesco QQQ. Register at BloombergLive.com slash Future Investor slash Radio.